Thank you for joining Cybersecurity Career Talks. You have you wondered how to get into the cybersecurity uh, role when you have no experience? How do you get your uh, resume in front of hiring managers? And what do you do uh, when you go for an interview when you have had no previous cybersecurity exp- experience? I have Robert Powell and Chelsea Kane with me today who have gone through everything and are successful in uh, cybersecurity roles. Uh, they have not, they, they have transitioned from non-IT roles. So there is a lot of question about how do I get from a non-IT role into cybersecurity? We're going to talk with them. But before we do any of that, let me just read a quick disclosure. The views expressed in this presentation and during this session are the personal opinions of the participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of their respective employers. This discussion is a volunteer-led effort to contribute to the profession and pay it forward the many kindnesses and instances of support and guidance that the participants have received in the course of their career. So without much ado, let's start with Robert Powell. I'm going to introduce Robert. He is a senior manager in the information risk management services where his team is responsible for intake, risk assessments, risk monitoring, risk register, and risk reporting for the IRM organization under corporate information security. With over 18 years of experience in the telecommunication industry, Robert has held roles in customer service, call center operations, revenue assurance, fraud loss and prevention, risk management and compliance. Business information security officer and his current role uh, in IRM services. Currently, Robert is enrolled in the cybersecurity program at Utica College to obtain a second master's degree, uh, first being master of business administration from Franklin University. Wow, quite impressive, Robert. And um, Chelsea Kane is a security risk management professional and has experience in information business risk, uh, business information security officer roles in the telecom industry. Her background prior to cybersecurity is in finance and accounting, specifically big four public accounting and business risk management and compliance. She recently obtained her Security Plus certification and intends to begin her master's in cybersecurity this fall. So, and I'm Nilofa Tamboli, your host, your host, your teacher, uh, along with you on this journey as we explore different roles in cybersecurity until you find your dream job. So, Robert, can you walk us through uh, how how did you transition into a cybersecurity career? And can you specifically talk about is cybersecurity a narrow or a broad profession? And uh, do you need to be technical? What roles uh, are there in the cybersecurity profession? And uh, wh- what kind of people are really needed? Sure. Well, and before diving into my background, I want to 
kind of set up a foundation for everybody. So when you hear cybersecurity, I think the first notion that people jump into is, oh, I need to know how to hack code, build architectural infrastructures, network, that I need to be super, super technical. Uh, but that's actually completely a misconception. Cybersecurity is an extremely broad field. Uh, like many other industries, it has its own ecosystem of many different roles and responsibilities. So from the role side of it, I mean, you could have things that are a bit more technical when you're looking at like incident response, where you're doing threat intelligence, diving into malware and software and, and, and analyzing that information to see how it attacks, all the way to the, to the far right where it's not so much technical, but it's understanding how technical components work uh, from like an education, a learning and development uh, segment of cybersecurity, where let's say you have a, a very strong training background. Uh, and you're able to take complex terms and break those down into more simplistic areas to be able to educate people, like on phishing attacks and social engineering attacks, uh, corporate policies. So it's very broad. So uh, to answer the question, um, do you need to be technical? Um, it, it's, it's kind of a yes and no. And even in the self, it, the question itself is, are you technical? Uh, it's something that I do actually caution a lot of people on because technical is really a very biased and also a perspective. So let's say, for example, I have a person who's asking, are you technical, that has designed massive networks, has coded for 20, 30 years, uh, can actually get down and, and solder into a, a, a motherboard on a computer. You know, that person is, is very technical. So they might ask you, are you technical? And you're like, no, I'm not. But on the, on the right side of it, you may have someone who may say, hey, are you technical? Like on that learning and development side, it'd be like, well, you know, I, I might not be able to do all those things I just mentioned. However, I can, I understand what encryption is. I understand what social engineering is. Uh, I understand like those, how they try to attack people, and manipulate people. So I understand those technical components and how they work together uh, to be able to explain those to people. So those are things that you'd really kind of need to consider when you're talking about cybersecurity. Again, it's very broad. Um, technical is definitely a very uh, biased and perspective question uh, that you need to, again, break down exactly like where the person's coming from to be able to answer that question. Um, you know, I would say not so much correctly, but like from your viewpoint. Um, and then again, from roles that are out there in cybersecurity, again, very broad, its own ecosystem from incident response, risk management compliance, uh, business information security officer roles, where you're engaging with the business side of the house while also talking to the cybersecurity side of the house. So you're able to uh, digest and explain those complex uh, processes or controls, as well as being an advocate for the business. A uh, term I, t I use a lot is be the bridge. You know, you're bridging two different mindsets, two different perspectives. The business is about, hey, let's get a strong customer service. Let's increase our revenue. We have a product. We're trying to service our customers. Uh, where security is like, okay, we're trying to do that, but in a very safe and controlled manner and, and trying to get that push and pull between the two to come together. Um, and then as far as what is cybersecurity looking for? Um, diversity. Diversity is probably the biggest thing that, that's looking for in cybersecurity. And not in the classical sense of, hey, diversity from a gender or a uh, ethnicity background. Um, I recently took a uh, training on LinkedIn Learning called Leadership and Technology. And uh, uh, Mohawk Sharaf, who's the Senior Vice President of Engineering at LinkedIn, I think explained it best. He said when he's talking about diversity, he's talking about your background, your experiences, your perspectives. Uh, he went on to talk about how um, he was trying to hire for two positions. And he said the worst thing that basically we're doing right now is from a recruiting and hiring perspective is we're saying, hey, we're looking for blank. And it's this list of like points in, in there saying like, well, hey, I want someone that knows 
20 years of coding experience, 10 years of cyber, it's these very like rigid, narrow focused areas where he said that as recruiters, we need to cast a very broader perspective of saying, hey, I need someone who has a very diverse background, very large and, and out there uh, to bring in diversity of thought. You know, someone who has, let's say a finance or business background may look at things very differently than someone who has a traditional IT background. Um, and this, it just really kind of makes us all better in having that. So those are like a lot of the things that I would say that we need to look at uh, overall is that again, you don't necessarily have to be technical very perspective. It's a very broad industry and there's a lot of different things you can take. Um, and then wrap up for myself here as far as my background, as you ran through, I started in customer service. So I was on the phones answering, how can I help you? Uh, how's your, like, what's going on with your bill? Is your, is your mobile phone working? Um, and then led through operations of understanding how, or, how the operation works. And then, and then sort of dip myself, my toe into a little bit of like networking and like the revenue assurance of like how things uh, built for our billing system and testing that. And then into fraud where I learned a little bit more about behavioral analytics and like what a good customer looks like compared to someone who's trying to fraud our, our business, which really kind of drove that thought of like, okay, these are indicators of compromise, which is a very strong term in, in cyber, where it's like, hey, these are the abnormality things that occur that result in bad effects. So then I was able to transfer that mindset and that skill of like, okay, operations, this is how processes work from end to end. This is how good customers operate from end to end. This is what a normal baseline looks like. Here's the abnormalities. And then going into risk management compliance from a business side, again, start looking at processes and how bad things can happen either intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, project management was a part of those, those areas as well, like just from beginning to end, working with a lot of stakeholders that eventually led to an opportunity uh, in security that leveraged those background pieces, that project management, uh, that investigative mindset, uh, understanding processes and how things work uh, and how like normal customers operate and how systems um, and people should normally operate to lead into those security roles. Um, so that's a little bit about my, uh, my, my take on those questions as well as my background. Um, so I'll leave end that there for some questions to me and then possibly Chelsea to also answer uh, from her perspective. Thanks, Robert. And I think all these things prepared you basically for the, right, for the for your cybersecurity career, because that's exactly most of the things are uh, a, a must, right? Because like yeah. your analytical uh, thinking, how looking for uh, indicators of compromise, etc. cetera. Uh, Chelsea, can you talk a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. And I really like to echo what Robert said about how to transition into cyber and really looking for that diversified skill set. Um, I think Robert and I's backgrounds both kind of exemplify that you don't need to have an IT, you don't need to have a cyber background in order to enter the cyber industry and be successful there. I mean, prior to my first security role, um, I came from both a financial and an operational background. So there was really no, I, no IT or cyber at all in there. Um, as stated in my background, I started my career in big four public accounting, um, accounting and finance through and through. Um, and from there, I moved into more of an operational risk management position. So I was looking at um, my company service operations and the risk presented there as a part of the greater finance organization. Um, I really had an interest in information security, and I was trying to work up that knowledge and work up that skill set a little bit on the side. So I began to look at my existing role through an information security lens. You know, I'm looking at the business's cyber or the business's service operations. So I'm questioning how are customers authenticated? How is our customer's data secure? How is my data secure and how I'm looking at this information? And I really started to have a laser focus insight into information security. And I started to raise my hand and ask these questions. You know, I asked it of my leaders as well as other leaders in the business to kind of get answers on this and kind of show that I had that interest in security. 
for me, that interest and looking at my existing position in that light allowed me to become the business liaison that assisted my department's information security team on some of their business-facing projects. So in this kind of assisting or helping role, it helped me create my initial name for myself in security and begin to network and really learn more about it. When I was helping out as the business liaison on this team, I formed a really good relationship with the group and ultimately had the opportunity to interview with them when a position opened up. Um, I know Robert mentioned diversity of skills, which is really important. And this is when I started to realize that my own baseline skills, such as business knowledge, data analytics, data visualization, Tableau, reporting, were really adding value to the security team because it was something they were lacking that I didn't even realize. And that diversified skill set that we all had was what enabled the team to succeed. So I think Robert and I's backgrounds really does exemplify that the diversified skill set and not necessarily needing the IT background is real. You can succeed in cyber without that. Luke, no, you're on mute. Now for somebody who's made the decision, uh, what are the next steps? So what do you, what, somebody said, yes, I have all these good uh, working experience. I want to get into a cybersecurity career. What do I do next? Can you walk me through like how to build your secure professional network? And uh, what about like people say, oh, oh, you should have a sponsor or a mentor or can you, can you walk me through like what are the next steps that I need to take in this journey once I have done this? And how long um, did it take for you? Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it really comes to that point of saying, okay, I've now made that decision that I'm going to be a career changer and focus in, as Chelsea said, laser focus in onto cybersecurity. Your first thing you want to really want to do is get organized and start building up that network. Uh, if your organization, your company has a cybersecurity division, reach out to those individuals. Say, hey, I have an interest in this organization. I might not necessarily know exactly what job or role I'm looking for, because I don't know where my skill set that, that I can transfer over would be most impactful. You got to find that like path of least resistance of this is my skill set. Here's what I know I'll probably need to develop to get there. And is that large or is it small? So by building up that network and finding those cybersecurity professionals within your organization and having those conversations, allows you to, one, pull up the diversity of thought that, that Chelsea would showed up as well as like, hey, these are the skills that I have, gets them thinking, okay, you know, we don't have that. We really do need that. Then it helps them start kind of talking about you and what you could bring to the organization as well outside of what they have, while also transferring knowledge back to you of like what you need to develop and work on. Um, and I've always said like, reach out to people and hey, offer like, would, would you like to grab a cup of coffee? And maybe the best $5 you ever spend in your life because you're buying them a cup of coffee, you're sitting down, you're having a conversation, uh, and, or you know, lunch, sometimes it was maybe a little bit more than that, but uh, just to get that rapport and that relationship with them. And then that will also help people buy in on you and help guide you. Um, if your business doesn't have a cybersecurity division, let's say they outsource it, you know, again, you can talk to those individuals, ask family and friends, uh, you know, that, that whole like uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, you hear about how, you know, we're all, all can get a hold of him pretty rather easily, uh, which I actually do have a, a story about that, where if you know me, uh, it's only like two, two other people to get to him. Um, you, you can find friends and family that have it as well, which is even a greater thing because then you reach out to someone and say, hey, I, I, I'm really trying to get into this field. I want a little bit more. And you have that connection. You can talk with them as well. 
And then other areas is, is events and seminars like this, you know, just talking to people, getting other people's uh, uh, perspective, what they've done uh, really helps as well. And then I would say, once you kind of build that up along that way, you're going to find someone who could be a mentor or a sponsor. And those are two different things. A mentor is going to be someone who's going to have really great feedback as well as really tough conversations with you. And you have to be open to feedback. You got to put your guard down and, and truly put the listening perspective on to say, okay, tell me what I need. And they're going to give you that hard feedback of saying, okay, you know, you're going for this role. Here is your acumen from a business perspective, uh, their perspective of technology uh, and where you're at. They may say, okay, to get here, it's going to be a two, three year path because you may need to develop a lot of skill sets. You might have to do some side work on the, to build up that experience to be able to get there. There may be other roles that might say, hey, this role will be better for you because your acumen level is more aligned to the role uh, and you'd have an easier uh, entry point. It may not necessarily be the role that you're looking for, but it might be the one you need. It's kind of like not the job you want, but the one you need that gets you to the job you want. So you have to really kind of think about that. And then from a sponsorship, a sponsorship is someone who they know you, they know your value. They know that you come in and you, and you grind it out every single day, harder than anyone else, that you have a, 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 a history of success, that they want you in your organization. They, they hear about you. They know your name. They know your brand. What you're, building your brand is huge. Um, your brand is your image. And the more people know about what you bring to the table, the better. So that individual may say, hey, I know this person. They kill it over here constantly. And if we could bring them in and just teach them cyber, we know that they're going to be successful. So let's get them in here. Let's pull them into this part, get them in this role. It's also about some risk management. They're taking a risk on you, but they, again, they already understand what you bring. So they're going to be willing to do that. So as far as how long it takes, though, it's, it's, a, it's really that, hate to say it, depends on where you're at, uh, what the opportunities are, but also you want to be ready at any point in time. Uh, a great saying that I love, it's, it talks about, um, this person who's uh, they're, they're a gardener, but every day they train to be a warrior. And someone asks, like, well, why do you do that? And it's like, well, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, because you're going to battle for your career here. You're, you're the one that's saying, like, hey, I want to dive into this. Uh, but you don't want to say, well, I'll wait till I get the job. Once I get the job, then I'll start training. You want to be prepared. So that's where you want to start working on these things now before heading into there. Um, now, hand over to Chelsea as well to kind of add, add some of her feedback, too. Yeah, um, that's some great input, Robert. Um, in addition to finding your network and getting organized like you were talking about, searching company and job recs to find the right fit for you is a really important part of this process as well. You know, it's important to cast a wide net, but also keep your interests and your values and your strengths at the forefront of this search. You know, at the end of the day, you're looking for a job that's going to interest you and that you're going to be passionate about and that you're going to succeed in. So while you should definitely cast a wide net to see what's out there, don't forget about your own values in this process as well. And think about if you were to get this position, are you going to be happy there? Are you going to succeed? You know, as you're looking, it's probably helpful to ask questions such as what are they hiring for? You know, what's the preferred skill set? What are the requirements? What are the education requirements? Are there any certifications I need to start seeing if you'll really fit well in this role? And if you can already showcase some existing skills and flex some of your knowledge and expertise into this role to begin with. Something that I really value and find important in addition to that is um, creating a list of sources to stay up to date on relevant security news and relevant security trends. You know, whether that be TechCrunch or whatever your 
new source of preferences technology section or on LinkedIn or YouTube, you know, any ways you can be informally learning about security to continue that continuous education process, I think really legitimizes yourself as well. And it shows that, you know, you're passionate about security, you're interested in it. As you're having these conversations, you can bring up relevant security news, you know, so the person interviewing you or the person you're networking with will see, wow, they must really be serious about this. You know, they're taking time out of their life to focus in on security news and maybe they really are passionate about it. And I think if you're tuned into security news and what's hot in security right now, gives you more of a background to ask those questions in your current role. You know, you see something in the news and you can say, hey, that's weird. I think that impacts something I work on every day. You know, it gives you that reasoning to raise your hand and start to form that network and kind of have that security backing to yourself. So I think between the stuff Robert talks about, you know, with events and seminars, as well as casting that wide net, reading up on security news is really going to give you the background that you need to succeed and to get that interview. Thanks, Chelsea. Um, now, my question is like, how did you navigate among like different uh, uh, job descriptions to uh, say that, you know, because uh, what happens is a lot of time that I don't like, maybe it's not like an 80% match, so I'm not going to apply for it. Or uh, Robert, you can also chime in uh, later on once, uh, because this question is like relevant to both. Uh, how did you make that, that said, okay, fine, I may not like be like a perfect match, but however, because of whatever your skills were, or how did you go through that process? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a great question. So as I started looking and realizing, you know, I have this interest and I have this passion for information security, I kind of started going through all of those roles that Robert previously mentioned. You know, you have this whole laundry list of information security roles and job descriptions, and it's kind of overwhelming, you know, like, where the heck do I start? Like, what, what do half of these things even mean, you know? So once you start learning more about it, I think I started to realize where I would be valuable and where I would need a lot more development. You know, for me, I'm coming from a business background. So the business information security officer and the security risk management roles were ways that I could easily flex my current knowledge and my current skills into something that the business needed. You know, I could develop my security knowledge while also showcasing my knowledge of the business. And in this case of the team I joined, a lot of the team had very technical security knowledge, but I had the business knowledge. So when we compared and combined those two things together, we really had this dynamic and diversified team. But then as I was searching things such as security engineering, incident response, and things like network and more technical things like that, I realized that that was gonna be something that required more development for me. So that's something I'm even working on right now as I'm in a business facing risk management and information security officer role. I'm constantly working to develop my network, my architecture, and my systems engineering background and skills so that maybe my next job could be something more technical. But to start off off the bat, I thought the more business-facing security roles were much more suited to my skill set, and that really helped me make that transition. I think, Robert, you might have a similar background, but do you have anything to chime in on there? Yeah, definitely on the, the question of, hey, this is the job rec, and there's these 20 different things they're saying that they're looking for people. How does that, how does my skills tie to that? And what do I do if I only have 80%? Well, it kind of goes into the unicorn effect. Everyone wants to search for the unicorn that is every single thing that they've ever wanted and dreamed of. But the fact is, no one is a unicorn. Uh, and when you go through from a recruiter perspective, you interview and talk to a lot of people. And I think we're going to touch base on a few of these different things uh, later in this conversation. But um, it really does come down into 
do you have enough of the skill sets in that job rack that you would feel comfortable and confident to go into that interview and highlight those skills? Uh, and, and understand, recruiters know that there are no unicorns, that everybody has development opportunities. Everybody, from the very entry-level position in the company, all the way up to the CEO, to the board of directors and above. Everybody has development opportunities. There is no one that has 100% of everything. So it's about going in there and showing that you have confidence that you have these skills. You have confidence that you are able to learn new things, as well as when you learn those things, you ramp up to success. So th those are the things I would say keep in mind when you're looking at those. Thank you so much, Robert. And uh, when you are like... Um... You, you are actively looking for a, a position in, in the cybersecurity field. Uh, what do you recommend? Should somebody work with a third-party recruiter or um, should they try and like figure this whole thing out by themselves? I think you should work with a third-party recruiter. I, I, I do feel that um, because it is a, an advocate for you. It goes back into that sponsorship in, in a way. Um, you can... My experience with working with recruiters, what ends up happening is when you apply for a position at a company, you know, it goes through their automated resume filtering system. You might get to an HR person who reviews it. They kind of, it, you know, it's a bulk cut, 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 and then it gets to the to the hiring manager. Uh, well, typically what ends up happening is those hiring managers when they're working with third-party recruiters, they're having weekly conversations with them as well and talking about what's the latest people that you're, you're uh, pulling in from. So those individuals typically will also have a conversation with you. So again, it's your, it's, it's your opportunity to talk about yourself and the experiences that you bring, uh, and they can be an advocate for you. So it might, and, and I've definitely faced this in my career, a number of times of saying, hey, this isn't, when you look at the job rec, they're not what you say you need, uh, you want, I should say, it's not what you want, but it's absolutely what you need. Like this person, you want to talk to them get you into that information, that, that introduction to have a conversation. So, and again, it's also to, you're casting a wide net, you know, you can sit, sit there and keep applying, applying, but why not try to hit it from multiple angles is what I would do. And, and also research the third-party recruiters as well. I mean, do your due diligence on them, see what people say about them, what the reviews are, um, find out what companies you can, if that, that they typically work with as well to see if the companies are going to be putting your name out there or ones you're interested in as well. Sure. Sure. Thanks. And, uh... Should you apply like within your company or should you like try and like work with this third party recruiter and outside? That I would say is another area of depends. Um, you know, do you like your current employer? You know, is it, do they embrace security? Is it a good culture of what security? Um, talk about, talk back to that network, talk to those individuals about, hey, when you, for entry level people that are coming in or career changes that are coming in, does the company support that person? If they say, no, you know, we've had people in the past, you know, apply for these positions, they come in, uh, you know, there's really not a lot of support, not a lot of education, learning development. Um, you know, you might possibly be stepping into, you know, really uh, tr trouble, troublesome times in your future, you know, if you kind of do that, where, uh, you know, maybe going outside to another company, they might be able to, you know, be a little bit more, um, have a better onboarding process, better development process. So it really does take, again, back to being realistic with yourself, realistic with the company. Um, you know, will that be a path of success? What does that look like? Um, personally, like I, I've, I've done a lot of movement internally within my organization, as you can see with, with my background. Uh, you know, success is not a straight line up. Uh, it is definitely side to side. 
um, even sometimes down. So um, like my, my first role in security, uh, I went from a senior position down to a individual contributor position. So I had a team that was reporting to me and then I took a step down because um, I didn't have the full set of skills to get the higher senior position. So sometimes you have to take a step back to be able to make huge jumps, uh, leaps forward. Uh, sometimes I say like, you know, a hundred little steps for every big step forward uh, you have to do there. So. Sure. Thanks. And uh, Chelsea, what do you? Yeah, I agree with Robert says. However, I do think um, there's value in both using a recruiter and going external to your company and also saying internal to your company. You know, sometimes I think if you're trying to leverage existing skills to change career paths, if you like your current company, staying within it can be really valuable, you know, because you can use opportunities such as shadowing someone who's already in that role, leveraging a network in that company already to get some people who will go up to bat for you. I think that's really important, you know, and being able to pursue those opportunities and leverage your existing baseline knowledge in that role or in that company. I think that can go a long way. However, if you're able to get a recruiter to also, you know, sponsor you, go up to bat for you, and you're really interested in a new company in order to get on that new career path, I think that's really great too. You know, it's all about whatever you think will benefit your career the most. And I really think there's value in both of them. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just a matter of what's right for your career right now and where you could see yourself being successful. Thanks. And now we're going to talk about mindset, skills, training, and experience because we're going, getting a lot of questions about what kind of certifications and uh, do I need and uh, what kind of uh, uh, is is a certain certification better than some something else? And then I've got like uh, somebody say I've been a program manager for over eleven years for large data center projects. What kind of skills can I align to a risk manager role? So basically, yeah, I- like when you when you have like set mindset, um, okay, this is this is the role that I want. How do you transition between them? But let's start with this, like. Uh, what should my mindset be when I prepare for a role or an interview? And um, I, I want Chelsea to respond first because uh, she's like a world-class interviewer. And I, I want her to um, talk about like how she prepares for a role or an interview. And uh, then Robert, like uh, jump in and, you know. Sure. Um, so I can definitely talk about interviewing a bit Um and how I find success in interviewing. You know, When you're in an interview, I think the most important thing at the end of the day is to tell your story and be yourself. You know, Explain how you got to this point and what sparks your interest in cybersecurity. You know, by this point, a hiring manager has seen your resume and given you an interview. So it's likely that your existing skill set is interesting and valuable to them for the role you're interviewing for. You know, like there's no need to lie and make things up about yourself to pretend you're this cybersecurity SME that, you know, maybe isn't true at the moment, you know, I think no, like no one knows it all. It's important to show your own experience and expertise and dedication to continuous learning and continuous development. You know, you're there for a reason. They want to learn more about you because something in your resume sparks their interest that makes them think maybe she does have what it takes for this team. And I think it's really important to just tell your story and be yourself because that's why you're there. Um, I think it's important to play up your own interests and professional talents, you know? Don't think you're in this rigid cybersecurity interview and I have to fit in this little box that they're looking for in order to get a cybersecurity role, you know? Don't be afraid to explain what interests you and what your talents are. 
you know, even if you feel they might not relate. Um, as a personal example, in my initial interview, it wasn't necessarily on the job rec, but I emphasized my data analytics and visualization strengths. And I found that this was actually a weakness that they were looking to fill on the team, even though it wasn't discussed previously. So talking up something that I was already passionate about and already talented in proved to be effective there. Um, I think later on, Robert is going to talk a little bit about soft skills. Um, and the interview is a really great place to leverage soft skills as well. You know, being personable and expressing these skills is more important than anything when you're trying to get in a new industry. You know, you can do things like give the interviewer examples of how you've learned quickly or adapted to a new role or project in the past to show how you can adapt to this new career. Um, you can show how information security has influenced your current role in ways you started looking in that current role in a new light like we, like we talked about earlier. Um, explain how you don't have fear in raising your hands and asking the question, you know? All of these things make you stand out because they show you're willing to learn, you can adapt to change, you're confident. It's really all of the things a hiring manager is looking for. Um, and then I know I touched on this earlier, but I really do wanna emphasize that I think a good interview tactic is in incorporating current information security news, trends, hot topics, into your interview um, and into that conversation. Um, before my first interview for my first information security role, um, robocalling and spam calling was all over the news. That was like the hot topic at the time, still is, but at the time it was the new thing. Um, so I brought that conversation up in one of my interview questions and I asked, being in the telecom industry, how will this impact our role? You know, we're a security organization. Are we gonna be working on this? How will this impact my job? Um, and that created a really current and meaningful conversation that I think gave the hiring manager an idea that maybe she is really interested in this, you know, she's doing her due diligence outside of work and knows what's up in the security industry, you know. So I think all of those things, you know, staying up to date on the news, leveraging soft skills, and really just being yourself is what you need to do. You know, don't think you need to fit into this cybersecurity box in order to be successful, you know. They want your skill set, they're interviewing you, and I think it's important to exemplify those things and really be yourself. Sure, thanks. Uh, Robert, how do you prepare for uh, your interview or how do you like uh, navigate through the job description and uh, prepare for a role? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with your mindset. Uh, you know, there's two different mindsets you can go with. You can go with a scarcity mindset where you're really focusing in on what you're lacking um, which I highly do not recommend because then you're, then you're already self-defeating your, defeating yourself. You're focusing on what you don't have. And that starts breaking down your confidence of thinking, well, I'll interview for it, but they probably won't pick me. You know, go in there again with that positivity, that abundance mindset of here are the skills that I have, that I know that I would be a top contributor, top performer in the organization and that I could pull through. I think the examples that Chelsea gave as well is fantastic of integrating latest trends, you know, get, do your due diligence, do your due diligence on the company as well. What are the things that they're facing? What's the industry threats look like? Um, and again, realize that cybersecurity is very broad. You know, she mentioned uh, robocalling. Robocalling doesn't necessarily mean, again, like you don't have to be highly technical to solve this problem. There are also processes and policies that could be enforced. Um, There's learning education of realizing, hey, when you get a robocall, when you get that spam call, they're trying to fish information out of people. So what does that learning and development general awareness to those individuals look like to warn them, hey, this is, these are bad people trying to do bad things to you. So it's really about that, that, that idea, again, of abundance, what you have, what you bring to the table, current events, 
uh, threats that are happening in that industry, your own take of, and bring it up into the interview itself. It's like, hey, I hear you're doing this. I was thinking about some solutions that would, what that would look like. You know, are you considering doing this? So even putting it back on them, uh, you know, of saying like, hey, you know, has Chelsea, like, how's that going to impact this role? And that gets that person thinking like, okay, well, I guess we could do this as this. And then you also have that in your, in your back pocket to say, well, hey, have you considered using this solution? Have you considered doing this? Again, it also, it shifts the interview from basically interview to a brainstorming session of ideas. You know, that, that hiring manager, that recruiters and leader and say, you know what, that was a really good idea. Maybe we should start tracking that down. And then as they start socializing it, you know, with their leadership, with their peers, and it starts to get uh, steam uh, moving on that, you might, they might say, hey, you know what, this person brought that idea up. I wonder what else they have. You know, again, it sparks that interest, that curiosity. Um, you know, and there's also different ways, too, to answer your questions. It really is about telling your story. You know, if someone says, hey, you know, do you have, do you have experience in cybersecurity? No. Like, that's not a response. It's just, no, no, it's just, oh, okay. Well, okay, next question, I guess. But if you say, um, my professional experience is limited. However, this is what I've done to prepare for this role. I'm actively engaged in the community. I'm looking up news. I'm researching publications. NIST has a ton of information out there. And, and one of the easiest entries well into cyber from, from a NIST perspective, in my opinion, is NIST has created this small business uh, cybersecurity corner where this just gives some general, like not only general information, but guided information on how small and medium-sized businesses can inject cybersecurity into their operations. So they already know they're facing uh, companies that don't have the scalability for IT or cyber professionals to train people to be cyber professionals. YouTube is a great source. LinkedIn Learning has a ton of courses. Skype uh, Libraries. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's so many resources out in the world that you can use to develop your soft skill, uh, or at least you know, heading your directional skills into those interviews. And so then when you get into the soft skills, again, it's, it's, it's really organizing yourself of, here's what I know that I do fantastically. And these are the things that I want to make sure that I highlight. Uh, the individual that asked the question about um, program manager, I think I caught it was like uh, 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 data management uh, program. You know, how could I relate that over to a risk management or even a cyber role? Uh, right there, you already are dealing with data, which is one of the most important assets of any organization, any company. So you understand what that data looks like coming in. You know, the source systems it's, re it's relying in as well as you may already have some exposure into the controls that are required. What information is highly sensitive? So you have your, your data classifications. Is this public information? Is this private, confidential, highly confidential? Uh, does this need to be encrypted? Or is, it, is this allowed to be used for different things? So you can build into that and start thinking, okay, from a risk management compliance perspective, I could take this and move into a business ISO role of where I'll help the business with their projects that they want to execute on to start talking to them very far in the beginning of the process. Like, so, hey, I have an idea. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, because you want to do X, Y, and Z, and it has this data set, here are things that you need to consider. This information is highly confidential. So you need in your application, your system, and you need to handle that data this way. Uh, people need to be aware that this is information they can't just store randomly elsewhere uh, or share it because it's highly sensitive. Uh, it can put us into regulation problems or it could impact the business if it were to be leaked. So you can start taking that information, that knowledge, that skill you have there and already, and also with the program, you probably know a lot about like just the system interactions or some of those key stakeholders and start injecting what the security controls look like. Um, uh, depending on, again, how much that program management you have, you know, you might know some uh, architectural design and information too, like how we share that information, uh, which can lead into some of the more technical risk assessment processes. So um, 
you know, APIs, for example, you know, APIs are sending and receiving information back from system A to system B. Uh, again, what's the data? What's going from A to B? What's allowed to be in each one of those systems? What are the classifications there? Are the controls in there? Um, if you really boil down cybersecurity, which probably should have mentioned this earlier, every one of these roles have one thing that's, in, that's consistent across the board. It's about confidentiality, integrity, and availability, CIA. And every role has that. It's about the information, the information system, the asset of how, how could confidentiality be impacted, how could the integrity be impacted, or how could the availability be impacted. So if you, again, highlight those parts of how your job function, uh, you know, better protects those three, it's just going to put you above, above the rest in the interview process. So, Rob, but uh, you have a huge team uh, in IRM services. And when you, and you routinely uh, interview other people for uh, hiring purposes, what are things which you want somebody who, who doesn't currently work in cybersecurity role uh, bring to your notice or maybe highlight which would help them get an edge over the others who have been working in this field? So I always look at that as kind of like, how do I get experience in cyber when I don't have a cyber role? Um, the, the fun fact about security is, is that security is a responsibility of every single employee. Everybody is it. From when you enter your building, if you sit there and you hold the door open for the person who doesn't scan their badge into the building, you're violating security policies. That, that door scan there is for there for a reason, to make sure the people are authorized to come in you know, by using their, their badge. Um, to your daily daily effect. I think, uh, you know, you could be looking, I think Chelsea mentioned this earlier about like the data you're using. And as you're reading about uh, news and things that are happening, it does start to bring up the question of like, okay, I have this data set and I'm looking at it. There's some scary stuff there. Um, you know, are we protecting this information? I, I look at um, one of my recent hires I had, this is their first true cybersecurity role. They were a financial accountant, uh, was a role before this. And really what happened was they dipped their toe in, into the cybersecurity role, role like the, the fill the water and decided to dive in. And what they did was they spent about six months in their role finding about controls and data classifications and how to handle data and sensitive financial information. And they just started asking those questions. They started working, uh, they started looking around saying, hey, you know what, we have these folders out there that we're storing all these different reports and everything. Um, should everyone have access to this folder? How many people have access to this folder? So they start looking at it from an identity and access management perspective of least privilege. So people that can see it, should they be able to see it? Um, do we routinely audit the people that can have access to this? So if someone moves to a different department, is someone going in there and looking at that folder say, hey, you know what, this person left, they shouldn't be having this information anymore. Let's remove them from there. And they started proactively injecting that into their daily process. And so they're building their cybersecurity profession and their experience by injecting it into a role that was a financial accounting role. And again, that's where you really kind of open up to a lot of different opportunities. Um, social engineering and phishing, um, being like going around and just asking people, hey, do you know what a phishing email looks like? You know, if your company isn't, isn't teaching about phishing email, you can be that advocate. You can start, start that program today. Go out there, start researching it, finding out what the cues are and start talking about people. Um, and that might help, you know, again, build up those skill sets, those experiences. And then again, I think Chelsea said this earlier, uh, you can spin up experiences today. You could go to AWS, um, sign up. They have all kinds of free courses. Use that, use YouTube, and start building up your own AWS cloud instance. You know, set up a server. Um, you may say, hey, well, that's really hard. I don't think I can do that. 
but all these things can guide you the whole way through. So when you get that question of like, hey, you know, have you done anything with the cloud? Well, my job actually doesn't have that um, opportunity to work in that field. But what I did on my own is I went to AWS, I spun up this instance, I put these controls in, I tested these controls, I created uh, security policies, I used different microservices in AWS to check those policies. Me as a hiring manager, I would geek out on that because that shows me again, that eagerness to learn. You wanna dive into this, this industry, uh, as well as I start thinking forward of like, hey, one thing that's constant in any, any job is change. So as different things happen, we have to adapt, we have to learn. So I already know that the person sitting in front of me takes change and he also drive learning to where when something new comes along lines, I know when I hit put that into your, to your scope of like, hey, I need you to work on this, that you're going to go and self-learn and figure it out uh, and, and, you know, again, be successful. Thanks. So, so basically what I did was that uh, we had our WordPress site and uh, for the not-for-profit that I volunteer for. And WordPress is not the most secure. Um, so I created on AWS, I created a static website so nobody could log into that. And that took care of a lot of security problems, uh, brought down the cost considerably, like uh, maybe 90% of the cost was taken out. So that really helped. And yeah, that, that is a great tip. Um, are there any recommended trainings or certifications that uh, somebody needs to complete like while they are looking for the uh, role in cybersecurity, Robert or Chelsea? Both. I want, I want both of you to answer this. Sure. Chelsea, do you want to go first? Yeah, of course. Um, I think any hiring manager or any leader in the security field will say that your experience stands out far more than any certification. You know, it's important to, in my opinion, um, avoid what I like to call certification fatigue. You know, you don't wanna just go out and get five different certifications to have the letter at the end of your name with no experience to back that up. You know, I think real world experience is valued greatly. Um, now that being said, it also is important to continue to educate yourself and continue to develop while you're still learning. Um, some certifications that can help you get your foot in the door and give you some baseline security knowledge um, are things such as Security Plus, um, AWS Cloud, Cloud Practitioner, um, PMP, you know, your Project Management Practitioner Certification. Things like that can kind of give you um, a little bit more experience and that baseline knowledge that can help enable you to get that interview and can kind of help embellish your security knowledge. While I don't think they're necessary to get your first job in security, I think if you want to learn more about it and you do want to get that certificate, I think those are some really good places to start. Robert, do you have any input on that? Yeah, I, th I think the, the three you highlight are really good. So uh, security, CompTIA Security Plus it is definitely a foundational security um, certification. Now, again, being transparent, and this is not my own personal opinion, there definitely are some people that are out there in the industry that they kind of like stub their nose to Security Plus. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's because they might have a CISSP, which is really, CISSP is your gold standard. It, it is the bar of cybersecurity, if you really kind of think about it. Uh, if CISSP, you have to have years of experience. Uh, it, it's uh, the people that have taken it in past, you know, say like my brain hurts after it's done. I mean, it's very, very challenging it's, 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 um, uh, certification. So I'd like to see that again, entry level position, someone's not going to have CISSP. If they do, they're going to be an associate member. They're, that means that they study really hard, they, they, they tested for it, they passed. But to Chelsea's point, they might be lacking some of the foundational experiences. 
So I think when you're looking at career changers, if someone has something where they took the time to study and, and successfully pass the, the CompTIA Security Plus exam, that's fantastic because, again, they understood the general concepts of security. They, uh, they're understanding what uh, public cloud infrastructure is for PKI and encryption, you know, which is, which is huge. They're understanding some identity access management. They're understanding risk management. They're understanding, um, you know, security operations and some networking. They understand, like, wireless protections. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's, it's very broad. And then CSP gets even broader. Um, AWS Cloud Practitioner, it, you know, you'll start hearing people like, oh, you know, um, we're moving to the cloud or, or cloud's coming. Cloud is here. Every single company in some way, shape or form has something they're dealing with that has cloud, uh, has, has cloud involved with it. Uh, the Cloud Practitioner certification, again, is a great start to get yourself familiar with the general concepts that are out there with AWS. Uh, or, I mean, Google has one as well. You know, if stick with just AWS, Microsoft ha has it, Oracle has it. You know, those are really the big four that are out there. Uh, and any one of them would, would suffice. AWS, I think, is just the biggest brand that's out there, you know, that, that people know. And I love the point of PMP. So I know PMP definitely has also uh, a, a number of years for project management. But again, it's a good career changer. You also have your Scrum for Agile. When you look at your system development lifecycle, so how IT designs systems, you know, a lot of it did move away from waterfall, which is your traditional project management where, hey, we, we work with stakeholders, we get all the requirements, we do all the building, and then we deploy out the product where Agile does sprints and iterations where you build all the requirements, you develop, you release, you develop requirements, you develop, you release. Um, having Agile and understanding how that works, uh, again, gets you this, this, this IT mindset of like, okay, I understand how solutions are built and how requirements are gathered. So that's where you can inject it again from a risk management perspective. Is like, okay, as they build those requirements, do we have controls? Has security architecture, even, even outside of risk management, has security architecture been involved? Are they ensuring that the way that this information is traversing through the network, is it secure? So again, as that lens of security where uh, IT is going to be focused on delivering solutions and products for the business. Business is going to be focusing on generating great customer experience as well as revenue. Your responsibility and your lens there is to look at security and how each one of those components along the way you're being solved for. Uh, so those some of those uh, trainings and certifications there are great to have to move into it. Um, and I do also agree with Chelsea. Sometimes you get this long, long giant list of all these certifications uh, that are there and you start looking like, well, there's no experience. Um, so it's, it might be someone who, again, isn't having confidence in, your, in their capabilities of, hey, I need to get all these certs before I dive into security. Um, you don't like get your, get your foundation, get yourself established, again, leverage what the skill sets you do have, highlight those in the interview, show your eagerness to learn, your willingness to learn and, and ability to successfully learn new concepts and, and talk about that. Sure. Thanks. I think probably like, um, the lawnmowers are here, so you <laughs> might hear some noise. Nope. We're clear. You're all clear. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So. And how do I get a cybersecurity experience without a cybersecurity job? So, Robert, can you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it goes back to a lot of things we've highlighted there. Um, security is a responsibility of every single person. So start asking those questions about what you're doing today. Uh, the, the program manager for, for, the, for the data. You know, are, is the data being classified correctly? You know, do you know what the data classification should be? Does your peers and who you're working with understand what data is considered sensitive and what the controls are? You may have information right now that's sitting on a database somewhere that, let's say social security numbers, for example, 
are being stored in plain text, meaning that you can see the full social security number and anyone that access the system can see that. That should be encrypted or hashed, so you can't see what that value is. Um, you know, those are things you can start asking those questions as you learn these kind of, uh, security concepts. Then when you get to the interview process, tell me about a time that you found something that was non-compliant to a security uh, policy. You know, it might be a question you might get asked or you discover something, what did you do? Well, so, hey, I was in my role. I found that we were had all this sensitive information. Um, it may have been impacting a regulation or maybe it's just good security practices to have it, have it hashed or encrypted. I discovered it. I lifted it up. I worked with this team, got it encrypted, got it secured. Everything was great. Um, you know, those are the types of things you can have experiences into your job today because people might assume it's being done um, and they really don't, again, they're, they're not in the business. They're not in your job where they're actually, you know, security is not always over your shoulder saying, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? You're going to be that advocate. And that's how you build up that experience. And then the same thing I talked about AWS. Um, you know, if you're interested in the cloud, again, don't wait for the job. AWS, they offer all kinds of free, free services that you can spin up instances and build microservices and test it. Um, you know, you learn along the way and you get that experience. And that's, I think, is a... Um, a misconception again in a interview. When you get asked a question, you think that you have to answer it with a professional experience. If you don't have one, it's fine. Talk about a personal experience. Talk about something you did outside of that. And you, and you can be, on, and again, be transparent, be honest, be like, hey, my current jobs and my experiences haven't afforded me the opportunity to work on this platform. And I knew that. But what I did was I went outside personally and built this platform. So that way I understood how the pieces and components work. I understand how they could be exploited to cause uh, vulnerabilities or attacks. And this is what I did. So you're going to be, be coming to that, bring that to the table. And, and that, again, a hiring manager is going to say, you know what, they already learned this or they went out and learned this. So can you imagine what they're going to be like once we get them experience and start doing it? And I don't have to ramp that person up. I don't have to wait three, six months to get that skill set. I, I can put them into this role and within a couple of weeks, if they get acclimated to the organization, they could start, uh, you know, having production and having the output of work. So th those are the uh, areas I would say for experience. Sure. And let's go to resume building and interviewing. So most, most re questions are like, how long should my resume be? And uh, Google has this XYZ uh, resume. And um, I mean, it's preferred by them, but then everybody else, like, should we all use that? And should I pay somebody to prepare my resume? And uh, how to ace the interview? You've talked about interview throughout so far, but um, now we are looking at like guru level knowledge and tips. Uh, so me as a recruiter um, and, and definitely been through a ton and ton of resumes and interviewing, uh, my, my recommendation is, is Google's recommendation. No more than one page. If you're technical, two pages tops. I get 10 page resumes at times and it is a struggle to read through 10 pages of 12 point font, bolded points. I mean, it, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, and I get why. I mean, you should be passionate about your work and highlight what you've done. But sometimes you have to sit, sit there and think, okay, the job I'm applying for, does this bullet point or this experience, is it relevant? And is that hiring manager going to care? If it's not, leave it out. You can talk about it later in the interview, but it really should be laser focused down to the job rec that you're applying for. 
which I get and I know is growing to build a resume for every job you apply for. But that's where you can do in the beginning of getting organized and looking at various jobs you're interested in, put them in buckets, build a resume that kind of uh, uh, solves for that bucket, go one for the second bucket, third bucket, and apply for it. Uh, but really keeping it down to a two-page two max, one that has a lot of other things into it, uh, from a recruiting perspective, it, it's just a, a, a blessing. You're, you're, you're extremely grateful because you're like, okay, you read through it, cool, has the highlights, let's put them into to the candidate slate of, of for, for an interview. Uh, with a 10-page one, it's like you get fatigued because if you think about it, if you get a 10-page interview, I'm taking the same amount of time that it would take me to look at five other candidates to get through that end-to-end. And, and at that point as well, I start thinking about the, the position I'm hiring for when I'm looking through that. Can this person clearly and concisely represent their work? You know, if I need to bring them to a meeting with me with my, my leadership and I need you to say, hey, I need you to present on this. Are you going to be able to uh, boil that up high or boil it down enough to where they're going to understand? Are you going to take a problem, explain it in 10 pages? Or are you going to, be able to take a problem, explain it in two pages? Because leadership, they want They just want to know, like, what do I need to know? They don't care so much about the background. You tell them about the relevant points, you move forward. Your resume should have that same due diligence. Uh, Google also says that, and I, I agree with this as well, is that you should try to have your resume both with accomplishments as much as possible, where you did X like X, Y, Z, you accomplished X by doing Y that resulted in Z, you know, and if you search Google X, Y, Z, there's a ton of tips on there that says, hey, this is a good statement. This is better. This is best. Um, you know, I'll save you from having to go through it right here. That's something you can definitely do on your own. Um, but, you know, it really kind of does get you thinking about, okay, is my statements powerful enough? And you really only need a couple bullet points for every job. Um, again, you don't have to go through every single thing you have. Uh, and again, as you start seeing the job recs and what they were looking for, trying to make sure it kind of ties into that. Um, and then I saw you having here about, uh, should I pay for a company to build my resume? Again, personal, not so much my personal experience, but my wife's personal experience. Um, not every, again, do your due diligence, research the company, see if it's worth it. One company that she paid for, and I think it was almost two or $300, they sent her the wrong inner resume for someone else. So it had someone else's information and she responded back, oh, this isn't um, mine. They then came back and said, oh, we just didn't update the name on it. Here's your, here, it's, it's, your name is here. We just had a template and everything was exactly the same. So we started sitting there thinking like wondering, okay, are they truly actually building a resume for you or do they just have some standard template of saying, oh, okay, yeah, and she's in sell, like her, her industry's change management focusing on Salesforce. Do they just like change management Salesforce? Here's a resume, here you go and go on with your day. That's kind of the experience that we've had from it. Um, as well as, if someone's going to write your resume for you, you're going to have to spend a lot of time with them to really kind of build out and highlight what that is. I think that you can get the same results by doing a quick Google search, find out resume templates, look what people put out there and take the time to really kind of reflect on what you want to put out there and do that uh, is what I would do. And then again, use your peers, use your network, go back to them and say, hey, here's my resume. Uh, use your mentor, use your sponsor. Does this look good? Get that feedback. That, that would be a, a, a much better exercise and also would save you more money. Thanks. Uh, Chelsea, uh, what is your experience? Like uh, how long like, was your resume and uh, um, how, uh, did you like um, reach out to anybody to get it reviewed? And uh, how did you ACI interview? Sure. Um, I think for the resume, Robert really hit um, all of the main points that I would like to emphasize, you know, keep it short, keep it concise. Um, I think it's also important to 
um, keep it current and professional. You know, I don't know that as a professional, an established professional, you necessarily need to have your college GPA or your high school GPA or that you were the captain of your intramural soccer team. You know, I think at this point, once you're an established professional, you can leave that stuff off, keep it concise and keep it relevant to what you're applying for. Um, Robert hit on this a little bit. And I know from experience that it's the biggest pain and the biggest time consuming task, but I really think it's important to tailor your resume to the job you're applying for, um, especially changing careers. I think that gives you the opportunity to really, really tailor and edit your experience into what you're applying for, you know? So if they're looking for X, Y, Z, and you have A, B, C, I think that a little bit of um, changing the wording can really express your interests and express your experience. You know, it might say project management in the IT space, and you have managed a team in the business space or something like that, you know? And I think some wordsmithing there really goes a long way and can really make your resume stand out. Um, Mine personally is just about one page. I try to just keep the relevant jobs that I've had um, because if they are interested in you, you can also always send more information or continue that conversation at a later point. Um, as far as acing the interview, um, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but just to kind of reiterate those main points and to drive that home, um, I think it's important to just tell your story and be yourself, you know, leverage all those soft skills Robert talked about you know, ask the questions, show your willingness to learn, your willingness to adapt to a new role and your passion for information security, you know, um, show that you're up on the news, show that you're tuned in on LinkedIn and webcasts like this. Um, maybe your company has some security trainings that you can take if it's not in your industry. Can you join the webcast or the town halls from your security organization, even though that might not be the group that you belong to? I think showing that next level and that step up of interest um, really makes you stand out and really goes a long way. So it's kind of that mix of showing how interested you are in security while also being yourself because your interests and your skills are why you're there and they find value in that. Thank you so much. And uh, Robert, uh, do you read any of the cover letters that come in? Yes, I do. And I think that that is a great spot for those those items that don't necessarily make your resume, uh, where, again, as a, a career changer, as you're moving into information security or cybersecurity, you know, you might not have those accomplishments in there to be able to say you did X, Y, and Z is cybersecurity related. But in your cover letter, you can really kind of put that punch there. That's where you can hit them hard of saying that um, that you can tell your story again. Like, you, like just as if like your two minute ele elevator speech of, you know, when you're preparing for your interview of like, okay, tell me about yourself. You know, that, that's, that, that's going to be a question you're going to get asked in the interview, which is interesting as well. But again, from a, a hiring manager perspective, a lot of people do not take the time to sit there and think, when I get asked a question about, tell me about yourself, what am I going to say? And it, it, it's very interesting. You can see how people kind of struggle through it. You can see people that are really, really well prepared. I think the cover letter really kind of helps you get in that mindset of like, what do I want to highlight for me? If this one page is what I need to, you know, tell my story. What is that story going to be? Um, and I think that's where you show your enthusiasm of like, hey, I have this experience again. I'm extremely interested in cybersecurity. Here's what I've been doing to, to prepare myself for it. You know, talk about, the, again, the industry news. Talk about your self-training. Talk about your self-development, um, things you're focused in on. And, and I think that's where you kind of really can get that punch and it kind of throws it outside the resume. Another item too um, on your resume, make sure you have your LinkedIn um, profile or your link on there as well. 
Um, and, and that allows you to add those things that you really want to put in there, but you don't have the space or that background. And you can, you know, that's where you can really build up your LinkedIn learning uh, or your LinkedIn um, site. And you even put in too, I mean, if you sign up for LinkedIn learning, you start taking the training courses. And then me as a hiring manager, I, 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 I always check everyone's LinkedIn. Every resume I get, I go to LinkedIn and I look at it. Um, and, you know, you can have different things like, hey, are they active in the community? Are they sharing different um, uh, materials and, and news articles? Uh, people that are sharing their trainings and it's, it's seeing that, you know, it, it's looking at the additional steps and just saying, okay, I see this person taking a lot of training. Um, and, it's, and I also, too, align it to their story as well. You know, they've been saying, hey, over the last six months, I've been really engaged in the community. I've taken a bunch of trainings and stuff like that. And I go to their page and it's the opposite. Then it's kind of like, well, okay, well, maybe they're not putting on a LinkedIn. That's fine. It's not, that's fine. But when it backs it up, it's even good too. So. Thanks. Thanks. And we'll, uh, so what, am, what else am I missing? Like now we've talked about all these things. Is there something that we are missing uh, when somebody is like trying to apply for these cybersecurity roles that, um, and it just just chime in and like, what else, like, like what did I not ask you? Sure. Yeah, I think the biggest part for what else is missing is, uh, it, it, I know we've had a lot of positivity, a lot of energy of like getting jazzed up to go out there and do this, but at the same time, you still need to be realistic. Uh, you know, if you're a manager today, you say, oh, I saw this CISO role. I'm going to go apply for a CISO. It'd be the highest person in the company. Though, I, don't, I would never say it would never happen. The probability is very low. Uh, so, so keep that in mind. You know, what you're looking at, look at the experiences and such like that. You're never, again, they're, they're never going to find that unicorn. They're never going to find that person as 100%. But, you know, it's kind of that 80-20, you know, sometimes it's a 70-30, even sometimes it's 60-40. Um, you know, it, it goes back to what I was referring to earlier, what the senior VP of engineering from LinkedIn, LinkedIn said, you know, they often just hire for good enough. And the people that are coming there uh, as well, they said some concerns are is that everyone has a very homogenous background. Everyone's coming in, they say, oh, well, I, I went to school and I went to this school and I got this degree, so now I'm ready. And, you know, we're getting this, we're basically hiring the same person over and over and over again, and there's not that diversity of thought. So again, keep that in mind, but also at the same point, be realistic. You may have to take a step down. Uh, currently, I'm mentoring somebody who's very interested in cyber. Um, and when I asked them in the first conversation, what are you looking for? And they're like, well, I'm, I really want a manager job. And uh, in their background, it, it's great. I, I would love to have them part of, part of my team. But for a manager role, definitely needs a lot more experience first. But for an individual contributor role, absolutely fit in. They have the skill set. They have the eagerness. Uh, they uh, have a project management background. They have some investigative analysis background. Um, and they're, again, they're just beginning to dip their toe into to security by taking the time to learn and building their own experiences from a personal and also injecting into their professional life. Um, but it's also, again, like, again, not unlike, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, but it's just the probability it's low. So again, be realistic. And uh, I would say the next part too would be is uh, uh, stay diligent. You know, that you're going to have a lot of challenges. You're going to allow to have a hurt, hurdles. Um, there are absolutely people that are in the cybersecurity space, just like there are in every other space, that they're going to look in there and they're like, you know what? I don't like career changers. And those people are closed-minded. And eventually at some point in time in their career, they're going to be faced like with challenges because of that mindset of not looking at diversity. Um, but they do exist, unfortunately. And that's in every company. And I'm sure probably as soon as I said it, everyone's like, I could think of like you know, a handful of people that fit that bill, right? 
Um, and you get, again, in any industry, you, you would find that. Um, but don't let that get you down. Um, you're going to be, get no's. You're going to get rejections. That's life. Everyone faces it. Uh, but don't let it stop you from your goal and your, and your excitement and enthusiasm to move into cybersecurity. Uh, stay diligent. Face those challenges. Face those hurdles. Uh, put it on the hiring manager responsibility to give you feedback. If someone tells you no, push back. Like, hey, I would love to get some feedback if I can. They might say no. They might say, hey, you know, it's not worth my time because you're applying for the position and it's outside company or something like that. But for those that do, again, get that feedback, find out why, and then start incorporating and developing it. Um, it is, 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 again, recommendations I have. And hopefully, uh, whether Chelsea sees she has anything to add to that. Yeah, I really think I agree with Robert, and I think he hit those points perfectly. Um, I think that sums most of it up. Um, if I have a few final words on the matter, it would be um, be patient, you know, and understand that career change and information security is a constant growth and constant learning and evolution process. You know, don't think that the things that we've said are just a few boxes to check. Like, okay, I'm going to go get my security plus. I'm going to take a few trainings and see what's in the news today on security and I'm ready for my role, you know, if you're going through interviewing processes and this career change, it's important to continue that, you know what I mean? This could almost become a lifestyle, you know, um, understanding what's going on in security and constantly growing and constantly learning, you know, is there a new LinkedIn learning out I can take, um, a new webcast I can join, um, maybe a new certification or getting further into my cloud knowledge. And I think continuing that growth process, everything else will fall into play accordingly, you know, um, Every, all of a sudden everything will click and it will all start to make sense. So I think continuing that growth and continuing that learning process is really important from a career change and also just a professional development standpoint. And I think it's really valuable. Thanks. Um, thank you, uh, Chelsea. And uh, basically being a lifelong learner, right? Uh, making sure that just like you, you schedule some time to go to the gym, uh, schedule some time for your career, work on it, learn new things so that, you know, you know what, what are the changes coming in and what, what you need to be doing next, right? Because even within your career, you need to grow. So uh, extremely, extremely uh, great points. And uh, thank you so much. Um, if somebody is like, if you're interested in um, keeping with all these different uh, talks that we are having, sign up for cybersecurity career meetup uh, so go to meetup.com and you can like uh, search for it otherwise this is the link uh, which is provided and next week we're going to talk about we're going to talk about is bug bounty hunting a career or a passion so i've got uh, two people uh, kevin is uh, he is from the platform yes we hack and mohan yalnado is the head of uh, application security for Prudential Insurance, and they're going to come and talk with us about uh, a lot of questions that you have and even you've posted uh, today. So how do I get started? Uh, what are the easiest bugs? And will I make money off them? And uh, how do I, uh, what kind of tools do I use? So uh, stay tuned for next week. Thank you so much for joining. I'll be ending the live stream now.